Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugarcoated Murder, where we'll discuss and probably inappropriately laugh about and comment on yep, one of our favorite subjects, murder. murder. Oh, and we love to bake. And why not combine our two favorite subjects? Baking and killers. Hey, Ann Varner. Hi, Karen Devaney. How are you today? I'm quite well, thank you for asking. Oh, I'm so glad. And thank you for my spa of tea. You're certainly welcome. I really like it, and I like the mug, because this mug says life is good. It is. And life seems to be good. It seems to be darn good. Yes, it is. I'm drinking out of my sister mug. You're darn tootin' yar. Okay. (laughs) So, what are you going to bake for us today? It's... Super cold here in Charleston, South Carolina. It is 55 degrees. Super cold. So I thought we needed something warm and gooey. I love gooey. So I came up with blondies. <gasps> that makes so much sense. Yeah. I, I love, love it. Blondies. I love and I blondies. thought it was an extra special treat because I know you love them that I threw some butterscotch chips oh in. Oh my God. Now you're talking my love language. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. You know, I never knew what a blondie was until I was in college. Oh. And my friend Elizabeth Beth, um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, that's what I call her. So um, we were in college, and she made blondies one time, and I honestly thought she had she had come up with it. Like oh, I was like, oh my god, god you're so a genius. She was like, you never had a blondie. I said, I don't even know what a blondie is. <laughs> she described it as it's a it's a brownie without the chocolate. That's how it is described. And I said, that's an albino. Oh right. <laughs> So, but no, no, it was a blondie. So anyway, shout out to Elizabeth B for introducing me to blondies because I've loved them ever since. Yes, indeed. But ever since. We don't have them or make them often. We're so we really used don't. to even making brownies out of a box. I know. We're so bad. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, I mean, love a blondie. Have the time now and I know there's sometimes we go to restaurants and they have blondies on their dessert menu, and I have had one or two yeah. in my day. Yeah. I do enjoy a blondie, I so too. I'm really happy but that I you're making like it. Mine, I, like just a little gooey. I mm. don't like them to be dry. Dry. Like, me neither, me neither. like my cookies. I like a, a soft, gooey cookie. Yeah. I like a soft cookie, but I need to have a crunchy edge. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Do. You so, really do. Yeah. It's a. It's kind of a weird thing for me. I like the different textures. Hello, Trout. What are you doing? I was trying to ignore you, and now you are standing upon my knee. And but you're talking to him. Oh, that's right. Which I'm making. Makes now I'm not making eye contact. Okay, so I have a murder I'm going to talk about. You should talk about a murder while I bake. Because that's what we do. What? That is such a great oh, idea. Thank you. Oh my gosh, we should really we should whiteboard that and see what comes up. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Okay, so my murder is about this girl named Dana Nicole Lowry. Alrighty, let's see. She is twenty-three years old and from Minden, Louisiana. I think it's Minden. M I N D E N. Minden. Minden, or it could be Minden, like minding your own business. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm gonna call it Minden, and I'm sorry to the people of Louisiana that I have probably screwed that up. But anyway. Dana Nicole Lowry 
um, had two daughters, ages four and one, and they were being raised by their father, David Cobb. They had never been married, and Cobb said that they had had a falling out and they had separated, and that she had left and left the girls with him, and she had kind of moved. Ah. She kept in touch with them. She called three to four times a week to talk to the girls, and he, he felt good about that situation. He was fine with it. He didn't have any bitterness towards her. She just needed to move on. Okay. One day, she called and talked to David and said that she was traveling across the country selling magazines. Huh. And that she was currently selling magazines in Ohio. 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Quite what, sure I'm not sure where that came you from. You may have just offended people. All of the Ohioans. 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 Okay. Now I'm double offended. So I'm going to move on. So, in May of 2006, the calls abruptly stop, and uh -oh. Cobb just assumes that she had moved on with her life. Oh, no. Yeah. In 2007, some skeletal remains were found along Victory Road outside of Marion County, Ohio. Mm. It's not good news. There was a detective that was contacted from the Ohio Investigations. That This detective that they contacted was in Webster Parish, Louisiana who then reached out to Cobb to say that they had a reason to believe the remains were those of Dana. Mm. So Cobb reached out to Dana's relatives to break the news to them and to ask them if they could provide DNA in order to find out if this really was Dana and if they would talk to the investigators, and they agreed. So officials used DNA from Dana's daughter, one of Dana's daughters, and some other relatives to confirm Dana's identity. So who killed Dana? Who killed Dana? And why? Okay, let's find out. Do we need to go find out ourselves? Like, do we need to go find out? No. Okay. No, we're good on this one. Okay. So we're going to fast forward to 2016 in September. Okay. We're in Ohio. A woman calls 911 and whispers, I've been abducted. Please hurry. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, that, that just gave me the chills. I don't like yes. that. Yes. She was uh, in Ashland, Ohio. She was being held captive. Police arrived to find the woman alive. Oh, good. And also found two dead bodies. Oh, no. She had been kidnapped after knowing some dude for about a month and a half. And he had held her and sexually assaulted her multiple times. Oh. He had tied her up inside this vacant home. And she told him that the perpetrator is Sean Great who is, seems to be a, like a homeless man, a drifter. Oh. The police go and talk to Great, and he confesses to the kidnapping. Wait, he's not so great. great. Yeah, but it's not G-R-E-A-T. It's G-R-A-T-E, like you're grating on my nerves. Okay, well, there you go. So that Great, is definitely... grating yeah. on everybody's yeah, nerves. Yeah, you have sir. grated my last nerve. He says that he had kidnapped her because he was going to marry her. So he was keeping her for sexual activity. Oh, God. And that he had no intention of killing her. Oh. Even though there were two bodies in this home where he was holding her Never captive. mind the dead bodies. This is just for sex. It was just like, for just sexual activity. Play, yeah, don't now, panic. Like, don't look over there. Don't panic. Don't worry. I got this. I need to make sure you're the Marion type. Yes. Well, she wasn't because she called 911. Well, yeah. <laughs> So one of the bodies that was found, they identified as Stacy Stanley, 
43 years old. She had been reported missing by her son after she had stopped at a gas station late at night for a flat tire. Oh, gosh. Yes. The second body found was that of Elizabeth Griffin, 29 years old. She had been reported missing earlier that month from her home after it had been burglarized. 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 Upon speaking to the police... Great also led investigators to another location in a neighboring county where the remains of a third body was found near a burned-out home. Good heavens! Who was Sean Great? A serial killer. Seems like it. He's described as a magnetic charmer. Wow. He could easily draw people in and make friends easily everywhere, but he had a dark side. Really? Yeah. One man said his friendship with Great fell out over a loan. And when the man asked Great to repay him, he received a string of angry texts that ended with a text that said, Meet the other me. Oh, golly. The man I walked like, away. You go ahead. Yep. Keep that money. man walked away from the loan. Yeah, we're good. good. He's good. I don't need it. Turns out Great had had a long history of arrests in his lifetime. He had been married for a year, and he had three children, but not from his marriage. He had one child from this marriage. He had two other children that he had fathered. Okay. Turns out after high school, he spent four years in prison after violating his parole from a burglary case. All right. He had also collected charges of domestic violence, aggravated menacing. Now, that's something. Aggravated menacing. Wow. What yeah. does that mean? I guess... You're he, gonna really grate my nerves, literally. I'm aggravated to the point that I'm menacing you. Wow. And failing to pay child support. That was a little bit of a mission. Oh, well, there you go. Yes. His former wife of one year had filed for a protective order against him before filing for divorce. Oh, gosh. Bless her heart. So, Great had drifted between Columbus, Ohio, and Cleveland, Ohio. He tried to make a living off handmade wooden signs that he would sell at craft fairs and such. Um, he didn't seem to be very motivated to do much more than that. He either lived with random women that he met or squatted in vacant homes. When when they said random, random women that he met, it reminded me of the Seinfeld episode where Elaine starts dating this guy and finds, and at first she thinks he's like a, this really cool guy, like he's real outdoorsy and right. all this stuff. Oh, right, and then right. finds out he's homeless. He's homeless. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That would be just my life. Yes, that was oh, hysterical. No. Do you remember that? That's what it reminded me of. Oh, God. So let's talk about his victims, okay? Okay. Of course, the first victim is the abducted victim that survived his sexual activity, premarital, right. yeah, sexual activity. The second one, like I said, was Stacy Stanley, 43. She seemed to have been a prey of convenience for him. Mm -hmm. Wrong place, wrong time. Gosh. Flat tire will get you killed almost every time. This just makes you not want to travel. I feel ever. like we should charge flat tires with aggravated menacing. Yes. Because I think that's what it leads to. We talked about Elizabeth Griffin, 29. He had burglarized her home. He had kidnapped her, strangled her, and according to court documents, had abused her corpse in a way that would outrage <gasps> anyone with sensible, with no, reasonable sensibilities. No, no, like, no. We can you say ooky? No. Like, that's oh, so ooky. That's ooky. That is ooky. So ooky. No. That's no, disgusting. No, no, no. So the fourth victim was the third body that he had led, led investigators to, the one next to the burned-out home. This was in Richland County, Ohio, and her name, it turns out, was Candace Cunningham. All right. 
They seem to have known each other. They were Facebook friends. Well, there you go. I mean, that's intimate these yeah, days. I Very. Mean, I mean, that's practically getting married right there. No strangers on Facebook. No. So on her Facebook page, there was this cryptic message alluding to his proposing of marriage to her. Oh, golly. We're not sure really what happened. We don't have a clear motive for why he killed Candace. She must not have made the cut for marriage. Maybe not. Maybe she said, I don't want to marry you. And then you got to go. There was a fifth victim, and Great had confessed to killing some woman around 2005, 2006. He said she was his first kill. Oh my God. And he killed her by luring her into his car, choked her to the point of unconsciousness, took her back home to his house, stabbed her in the neck, and then dumped her body along Victory Road in Marion County, Ohio. Good Lord. Why have I never heard of this guy? That person that he dumped was Dana. Oh, oh shit. So his motive for killing her, he said, was she had sold magazines to his mother where he had been living at the time. And he saw her out in the neighborhood delivering newspapers and magazines to the neighbors, but she had not yet delivered the ones to his mother that she ordered. Oh, no. So he took care of that. Oh. I don't think she's ever going to get those magazines. <laughs> I don't know. Turns out this was Dana Lowry, 23, out of Minden, Louisiana, the lady that I talked about in the beginning. Oh, wow. He also was linked to killing Rebecca Lacey, 31. Her body was found in March of 2015. Her death was originally ruled an overdose, but he confessed to it, saying and he strangled her to death and dumped her body. Jesus. Yes. Because of the time gap between Dana in 2006 and Lacey in 2005, they think there are more victims. Oh, my gosh. He originally confesses to the abduction, which it's like, okay, you've got to confess to that, and the two bodies that were found. Right. And then he told them about Candace, and then he yeah. tells them about Dana, and then eventually he also tells them about this Rebecca. When they first arrest him, he he How do you think these conversations go? Oh, Where I he's could. like telling a story. He's like, oh wait, wait, I got to backtrack because there was one more I forgot to tell you about. Yeah, and I mean, how about this? Are there any more victims? Well, there was that one that, that was the one that started it all. Yeah, as yeah. I remember that I mean, girl in 2006. I mean, I would imagine. I'm sure there's a taped confession. You know, I love to watch those confession tapes oh, when yeah. they confess, but I'm sure it's something like that that just they were reeling. He confesses to those, but then when he gets his attorney appointed to him, because, you know, he's homeless, he doesn't have any money. Right. He immediately changes it to not guilty. Yeah. I was just kidding. I was joking. I made those stories up. I, I didn't mean it. And then eventually, his attorney filed for a plea of guilty by reason of insanity. Yeah. Because that's always... That's always something they try. My whole thing is, if you killed that many people, you're damn right you're insane, you maniac. But that doesn't mean that you are not culpable. Right. That doesn't mean you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. Whatever. Dana's family had, you know, they had come to terms with her death and everything, but they didn't know what happened to her from the time she was found in 2006 until 2015. Oh, mm, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. She was not even reported missing by them because, you know, they didn't think she was missing. They thought she was traveling around. Right. Nobody knew. Yeah. So, for a year, she was dead, and then they found her body. And then after that, they didn't have any idea why she was killed or who killed her for like 10 years. That's insane. Isn't that sad? And then some random serial killer goes, oh, by the way. I got her. That was my first victim. 
I'd like to know a little bit more about, like, was her family looking for her? No. They Remember, she left, and she called her husband and said, I am traveling across the country selling and I, magazines. And I get that she might not hear from her estranged husband, but the rest of her, like, I would think that my sister would be like, I understand you're selling magazines cross-country, but bet you could call me. Well, I agree, Send but she text. was calling and keeping in touch with her girls. I don't know if she had kept in touch with her other family. She's I'm not. Crazy. It's kind of a weird story, and it seems like this David Cobb dude was not overly surprised when she just kind of took off to go sell maybe magazines. I think maybe it was part of her personality, and then because she was never reported missing to the police, and he just figured, well, she stopped calling. I guess she's just moved on with her life, because that just must have been her personality, right? I mean, nobody had reported her missing. Wow. And then she gets found dead. And then they're like, oh, gosh, she was found she dead. Was I wonder missing. what had. What, I wonder what happened missing. to her. And then for nine, ten years, they have no idea. And then wow. some random-ass guy goes, oh, by the way, killed that one, dumped her on this road. And they're like, oh, shit, she was killed by a serial killer. Oh and she was the first one. She's the one that started the whole situation. That is insane. I know. When they interviewed Great's mom, you know, mom's. That's and they're boys. Very familiar. They just, you know, they say he's not a monster. He's yeah. not a monster. She says that his stay, his four-year stay in prison on the uh, parole violation. Right. Early. This was like right after high school uh, in the 90s. She said that prison took his mind. Okay. And that's why he killed. He was not crazy for a minute before. but Well, here's the thing. So... He goes to prison in the 90s. Right. He gets out of prison still in the 90s, okay, late 90s. Goes to live with your mom. If you think that your son's mind got taken in prison, could you call somebody? Right. Could just give somebody a heads up and say, dudes, you know what? You did your damn prison system. You done ruined his mind, you but he is it. a dangerous man. Like, are you? But that's moms. We don't see the evil in our kids. So, and we've, I've seen interviews with lots of mothers of lots of serial killers, oh, yeah. and they've always said he was not a monster. He was not He was a, a good guy. And a lot of his friends, a lot of his contacts, even his prison buddies said he was just a normal dude. <laughs> just a normal for, prison dude. They said for a guy in prison, he was a normal dude. He played softball. He played chess. Like, he was just a normal dude. I wonder if people said the same thing about Charles Manson or Ted I Bundy. I don't think, I think Ted Bundy, absolutely. But I don't think Charles Manson. I think Charles Manson was crazier than a box of, I don't even, June bugs. Yeah, he was crazy. By the time, before he even went to prison. I don't think there was any holding it together. But Ted Bundy, he was very charismatic. My God, he, he dated and, and lived with a woman and her daughter. I and they know. absolutely adored him. And just were dumbfounded when yeah. he was... was and he was, in, he was intelligent. He, was a, he had been a, a psychology major. He had a psychology degree. And he... He was very learned with the law. So this guy, they just, all the people that they interviewed said, listen, the dude seemed normal to me. He was a little to himself at times. Right. He didn't rant and rave about anything. He, he made friends easily. He was, you know, he had a magnetic, charming personality with a dark side. Yeah, I would say, like, the darkest of dark sides. Yes. Eventually, Great was convicted of five counts of murder. One aggravated kidnapping. It really aggravates people when you kidnap yeah. them. <laughs> and he has been sentenced to death. Oh, good. And he is currently awaiting his death sentence execution. All right. 
So I did find out where he is in case you want to go see him. He doesn't seem like somebody I need to have a conversation with, but just in case he's at the Chili Coast, I don't, I'm sure I am massacring that name. It's C-H-I-L-L, Chill, I-E, I, Chili, Coast, C-O-T-H-E. All right. I'm good. Chili Coast Correctional I'm Institution in Ohio. I can get you a plane ticket one way. And I'm you can really go good. Talk to I'm him. good. I don't feel Maybe, the need. Mayhaps you'd like to speak with his mom. No. Who says I he's not a monster. He's just prison took his mom. I don't feel like I would fit into his marriage criteria either. Oh, because you you would call 911? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after being held for sexual activity. Yeah. Tied up. That is, that's his story. And I just think it's crazy because I originally was just looking for missing person cases that were, were solved where the body, okay, missing, picture this Google. Missing person cases where a body is recovered and the murder is solved. Wow. That's my Google search. Yeah, I, so, I worry I don't about that. our Google search as of late. I know. <laughs> so I landed on Dana and thought it was just going to be, you know, one of these stories where she went missing and then they were like, oh, well, her husband did it. Because when I'm reading about it and, and this David Cobb, they're talking about him in Louisiana and he's keeping her kids. And I'm like, dun, dun, dun. And it wasn't him at all. No, yeah, very it was very twisty turny and then I fall into Sean Great, who's a damn serial killer. And we never even knew. I've never heard of this dude. And I gotta tell you, God forgive me for saying this, but he is not a bad looking guy. Are you serious? Like I'm telling you, he I feel like it's somebody you would be attracted to. Stop it. Stop it right now. Stop your talk. Stop what you're saying. I mean I could see like a raw vibe going on with him. So I when I looked at him, I was like, He didn't look that bad. Like, he didn't look like a Charles Manson that looks like he's got googly eyes. Like, you know, he don't have the crazy eye. He well, perhaps just, he would tickle your fancy. No. Well, first of all, I'm married, so my fancy is already being tickled. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, no, not my type, but totally your type. Oh, okay. no. A little Rob Lowe with, with some, like, work boots on. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Like Rob Lowe from St. Elmo's Fire. No, Rob Loaf, like, if he were homeless. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, if Rob Lowe were homeless and looking a little scruffy. So, no. Not my yes. I don't appreciate yes. homeless people. It's not, first I'm of not all, judging we don't people. judge homeless. I just don't date them. Okay, but what I'm saying is it's that scruffy, I woke up like this kind of a vibe. Didn't get a shower in a couple of days, but I can still pull it off. No, 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 you cannot pull it off. No, no. I would be the first to tell you no. no. You cannot pull it you off. You'd be like, I'm going to clean you up a little bit. I, I mean, isn't know. that what Elaine did? She was like, I think he just needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Who? Elaine you know, on side of the hill. Yeah, she yeah no, that's not me. I'm that's good. not you. I no. mean, I just get a Rob Lowe vibe from him. Okay. And I just thought, oh gosh, he might be my sister's type. No. I should show his picture to my sister. Oh, well, you can show me his picture, but I'm going to show it to you. I think you're going to be pleasantly I surprised. Don't, I, don't, I really don't think so. Oh, my gosh. You are just prejudgmental. I am when it comes to cleanliness. Yes. 
He doesn't yes. look dirty, though. You said he looks homeless. I'm just saying in his mugshot, it looks didn't like... have a shower for several days. I'm saying, look at a little bit of Rob Lowe, like the gray, but some gray hair scruffiness no. going on. I can see you. I can totally see you with this type. Don't tell me What's that I can. What's the matter with you? I'll, put this, up, I'll put this in our fan book. Our fan book. I don't even know what that means. On our fan page when we release this episode. And y'all can tell me if this doesn't look like Rob Lowe with a little homelessness. <laughs> y'all can let me know. You're I'm just such a saying. weirdo. It's not look like, like Rob Lowe. I feel like there's some What's Rob the last Lowe? time you saw Rob Lowe? Uh, and that stupid show that you watched that I watched for five minutes. Oh, my God. Exactly. So, anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. You're such a weirdo. Why so, are you trying to set me up a serial killer? I'm There's not. There's something wrong with you. I'm not. I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be romantically involved with him, but I'm just saying you might not, you, you, you might enjoy just a face-to-face -face conversation with him. I would not. I, I don't know what he looks like now. This was his mugshot, and he has gone through a lot since they arrested him, and he's confessed to all the murders. He looks like a meth addict to me. <gasps> No, no. Okay. No, uh-uh. Okay. So I'm just saying. My spidey senses would totally go off if I saw him in real life. They would be like, mm, no. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think you're missing out on a whole type. <laughs> and thank the Lord for that. If you had a dating web, a dating profile, that's what we would Which say. I don't. I we, don't. We, we, we tried a on a shorty episode to get me to, to hook up with Goat Farmer. <laughs> life struggle. I am living my best life. I don't know. I feel like this would add a little spice to that. I'm good. Don't you like a little spice with I your sugar? I enjoy spicy <laughs> sugar, but... Well, do I have the spice Not for that you? Kind. Okay. That would well, rancid. I bet you he's on one of those Marry the Prisoner websites. He probably is. You could have a pen pal thing with him. I don't want one. Okay. Well, now that we know that she's poo-pooing all my ideas. All right, so the blondies are in the oven. Thank God. They've got about 20 more minutes to cook. I That's the perfect amount of time. Didn't hear, like, the whirring of the mixer. Can you just tell us the ingredients? Oh, sure. Flour, white sugar, brown sugar, mm. unsalted butter. I like all the sugars. Mm -hmm. A couple of eggs, some vanilla, some bacon powder. And I put the butterscotch chips in there. Oh my god. Yeah, you can mix it all in a mixing bowl. You don't have to have a mixer. That's kind of nice. Like if you're it camping is. and yeah. you just need to. It's a very thick dough. Thicker, yeah, thicker than cake. Okay. So yeah. it's a thick yeah. batter. Yeah, it is. And then you spread it. It tells you to spread it into a pan that's lined with foil or parchment paper. I choose parchment paper because I just can't think of anything worse than. Biting into Biting some tin foil. Biting into a piece of tin foil. Yeah, I don't like that. No. I appreciate that. Yeah, so that's what's bubbling up in the kitchen. You can keep an eye on it. Let's yeah. pause. And, um, I'm gonna and I'll press pause. And just remember, when you hear this episode, make sure you go out to the Facebook page. And I'll even put it on Instagram in case you follow us on Instagram. And I will let you know what this dude looked like so you can see if he's your type. It's that Rob Lowe homeless look. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause now. All right, we're back. Okay, that we're was back. a fun break. Yes, yes. I won't talk about what happened. Let's don't. But uh, that's why we take a break. One day. No, one day. Not one day. <laughs> mm -mm, mm -mm. You tell my secrets, I tell yours. I understand. All right, so let me ask you a question. Have you ever watched the show How to Get Away with Murder? I think I watched like two episodes. Well. It seemed a little dramatic for me. Oh, my. 
Yeah, it was just like it's really interesting. I guess I just couldn't couldn't understand what was happening. I don't think you gave it enough time. That, but that, that don't worry about it now because it's getting ready to go off the air. So I don't want to be involved in that. The, this story that I'm about to tell you mm -hmm. could could have been part of that script. Oh, fine. Yeah. So this is the story of Lee Porter. She just up and vanished in June of 2014. She was small. She weighed 98 pounds. Oh, she was feisty. And she was a lover of selfies. Oh. She loved to snap selfies and post them on the internet. She grew up in... God, I hope I pronounce this right. Cotopoxy, Colorado. Three Cot hours outside of Denver. Cotopoxy. Population. Cotopoxy. No. Cotopoxy. No. Cotopoxy. Stop. <laughs> Population 47. No. -uh. So I will 47? only offend 47 people. Yeah, I have so. only offended 46. <laughs> <laughs> So she was described as a selfie hound, always snapping pictures of herself. Uh, she graduated high school and started college at Trinidad State College, two hours from her home. In Colorado? In Colorado. There's a Trinidad State College? There is. In Colorado? I wouldn't lie. It's not in Trinidad. It is not. That's interesting. Yes. Okay. Okay. Continue. You got it? Got it. You're okay. Move Great. Move on, please. Just a few months in to her college career, she dropped out. And oh. she moved in with her boyfriend. I think this might be a daughter's mother's worst nightmare because he was 38-year-old tattoo artist named Jesse. Yep. Jesse was known as a drug addict. And Leah, not Leah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Her name is Lee. It's spelled L-E-A but pronounced Lee. Okay. Okay. So Lee quickly followed suit. She struggled with addiction and she tried really hard to kick that habit. Bless her heart. She had started attending some Narcotics Anonymous meetings. And she told her friends that she worried about getting clean because she didn't know how she was going to do it with Jesse. Because he wasn't willing to give it up. Ugh. But. Well, she had a lot more life to live than he did. Because he had already lived a big part of his life. Right. And she was, she was still was a teenager, technically. Was, yeah. So right. maybe that's why he wasn't willing to give it up. So as, as Lee's trying to get clean, Jesse ended their relationship, um, oh, okay. leaving Lee with no place to live. Oh. So she packs her car up and she heads toward Denver, but she doesn't have a real plan. She turns to Facebook telling her friends that she's about to be homeless. Aww. And then nothing. No more posts, no more selfies, no more checking in. Oh, no. No more Lee. No more Lee. Just done. So, Lee and her brother, Max, were really, really, really close. Okay. Like, really close. They talked every single day. And as a matter of fact, when the police started to interrogate her ex-boyfriend, Jesse, he mentioned that he knew something must have happened to her because if Max had tried to call her and she didn't answer, there was really something wrong. Because oftentimes during their sexual no, relations, no. if Max called Jesse, I mean, if Max called, Lee, Lee answered. answered. And that's a very sweet thing for a sister that she's so connected to her brother. But Jesse got real mad about I it. I would imagine so. <laughs> and they fought him. often about about okay. that relationship. Right. So, Hold on, my brother's calling. I got to talk and make sure he's good. Yeah. So just before Lee had moved in with Jesse, her brother Max had moved to California to start his own business. And that really sent Lee into a depression and probably is what prompted her to move in with this 
38 year yeah. old tattoo artist drug addict name jesse yeah so um jesse's got a gun isn't that a song is it jesse i think it's jamie oh crap yeah same yeah yeah you're talking about jesse's girl oh jesse's yeah. got a girl <laughs> <laughs> you're you're all your music tingly sensation is all <laughs> off today it's, it's not really working is. out it's, it's not, not working, working. So when Lee posted her last update on Facebook, um, Max started to try and get in touch with her, but she never answered the phone, never responded to his text messages. And with Lee missing, the police start to reach out. They go in, they talk to Jesse, who had moved to the East Coast. Oh, to see. That was abrupt. Yeah, yeah he did. He packed up and he was like, um, I'm breaking up with you and I'm moving to the East Coast. Later, they wanted to see what he was, what he might know about where Lee could be. So he went to the police station. They started asking him questions. He admits that he and Lee had a very rocky relationship, but says he has no idea where she might be. And Jesse is very cooperative during the interview. With his alibi, his location, the police cleared him. He's good. Mm. Lee's mom is very, very concerned. And since Lee is still a teenager and in college, her mom pays her cell phone bill. Oh, okay. So Lee's mom pulls up the cell phone bill and starts calling every single incoming and outgoing number Good for her. on That's that exactly bill. That's exactly what I do too. Right. Um, and she's really worried that something really bad has happened to Lee. She sees a number that keeps popping up over and over and over again. And she calls it, and it belongs to a 23 year old man named Christopher Wade. It turns out he is also from Catapoxy. Catapoxy. Okay. You've not seen the word. <laughs> just seeing. So I'm not sure why you're trying to correct me. I'm not trying to, to pronounce correct you. It. I'm trying to figure out all the possible ways to say it. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure there, I'm, there could be I'm options good. with all these letters. There could be options. Yeah. And Trout, you've upset my dog. Uh, well, he's, he's very telling upset. on me now. He is. He's upset. All right. So anyway, Christopher Wade went to high school with Lee. After doing a little bit more digging, she finds out that Christopher had been Lee's self-appointed accountability partner. According to Christopher, he was trying to help her get off drugs. Oh. Yeah. So Lee's mom was even more concerned when she hung up with Christopher because she didn't know that Lee was on drugs. Oh. So she was like, wait, what? What's happening? Yeah, and this this Christopher Wade is like, yeah, she's been a heroin addict, and she's trying to get clean enough in her accountability partner. So she didn't know the whole time she was living with Jesse, the drug tattoo guy, right? That Lee had her own drug demons. Correct. Okay, I'm just getting that out there. Okay, but remember, she's two hours away at college, and this okay. is very early in her. I mean, she's only. Like, her mom didn't even know right away that she had dropped out of college. Oh, and right, And moved in right. with the kid, right? Yeah. I mean, the man. The, mm -hmm. the man. The yeah. old man. Christopher also told her that Lee had been with him the night she disappeared, but that she'd gotten a phone call and left his apartment very quickly. Lee's, Lee's mom calls the police. She's like, okay, I've talked to this guy. He says he was here, blah, blah, blah. So the police say, okay, well, we're going to give him a call. So they bring Christopher Wade in for questioning. 
He's also very cooperative and tells them that he offered to let Lee stay with him for a couple of days and, uh, until she could find her footing. He said he'd been really worried that she might be suicidal. Oh. After talking to Jesse and now Christopher, the police are wondering if this is a case of Lee just running away. So Christopher takes to social media and in an effort to find Lee, he even talks to the press and asks for help in the search. And Lee's family comes uh, covers the state with missing persons flyers, and they talk to the media, begging for any information that anybody might have of Lee. Lee's brother, Max, I understand that my dog is making noise. He's upset. You've upset him. He is not upset still yes, over what I said. He is. He's terribly, terribly upset. They're looking for any information. You've interrupted me. Okay. Brother Max. Max has come back from California, and he's really frustrated because he feels like the police are not telling the family anything. Like, anything. But, I want to say it was seven days. Seven days after the investigation started, a video does surface of Lee at a Boston market with a guy her mom didn't recognize. Um, and she was fine. I mean, she was, they were having some lunch and... She looked perfectly fine. But the police look at the video and they're like, this is that Christopher Wade. Right. So that makes sense with his timeline. They were together. Yeah. They had a bite to eat. Went yeah. back to his apartment. All right. So seven days into the search, they decide that they want to talk to Christopher's roommate. So they've decided now they're going to, they need to go in and do a little search. Just to look, a look around. Okay. Christopher Wade's apartment. Okay. And he's like, sure, whatever I can do, come on in. So the police go in and they start looking around and I, I saw the pictures of it uh -oh. and I can not imagine going in there and being comfortable as a girl, especially a teenager. I don't care who you are, but it was filthy. Um, there were food boxes everywhere. There was trash on yeah, the floor. Yeah, but don't college kids live like that most of the time? Yes, but this, I mean, Christopher Wade's a, 23. Right. And he's hes not currently attending college. Yeah, I'm just saying, you were saying. I know, still. Okay. Anyway, I don't typically see girls living that way. I guess okay. it's not. It's no, not that's thought. true. So, and the police investigator said it was filthy. There was no soap or sponge to be found. There was nothing in sight. It was all dirty dishes in the sink, all over the counter. It was just disgusting. And it smelled bad. I'm sure. As they start to kind of search through Christopher's room, they do see a knife next to his bed. And they notice that there are no sheets on the bed, which, by the way, yuck. Uh, yuck. Yeah, but I've heard about people sleeping with no... Ugh. I know. Listen, I, mean, I once I'm not dated a guy who didn't have... Proper sheets on the bed and the mattress pad cover, That's and you can breaker. bet your bottom dollar that yeah. before I ever slept at his house, he it had was all taken care new of. sheets. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he, he got set up. Yeah. yeah, it's like if I'm sleeping but, here, but we're, I also it's all think be it could be like a, a dude it thing. Is, it know, is, it is, it is. Thing, I'm not. I'm, it is. Yeah. Anyway, the knife had bleach spots on it, and when police asked him about the bleach, he said that he had cut his hand on it a few weeks prior and had cleaned it using bleach. Mm. So police bagged the knife, and they think maybe we need to have a, a formal interview with Christopher. Okay, like a come down to the station, come down, put it yeah, on record. Let's do this officially. Okay. And police decided to call in a homicide investigator to question him. 
and he starts to ask Christopher about his background. Christopher says he was raised in a deeply religious home, but that he has a pagan obsession. So he whips out some tarot cards that he carries around with him in his pocket. And he says that he had done a very revealing reading for Lee. He said, I know your mouth is hanging I'm, open. But I'm not sure how to take any of this I, right now. I, I, I'm I, waiting for the shoe to fall. Right. So the first card he pulls out has to do with the high priestess, he said. And then the ace of, ace of wands. And he said that the two cards together would indicate a pregnancy. Wait, wait, what? Okay. What? All right. This is the reading that he gave to Lee? Yes. Is there one or she up and left? Right. I've been like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Go. You got me pregnant right. with some cards. Well, and the investigator said, was she pregnant? And Christopher said that Lee had told him she had missed her period. So maybe. Okay. Um, and then the investigator is like, well, are the two of you intimate? And Chris was like, no, 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 no. We're strictly platonic. Like when I put the offer out there, her to come out, come stay with me for a little bit. It was all, she said, I'll come to your house and hang out, but this has got to be strictly platonic. Yes. I'm going to sleep on the pizza boxes. You sleep on the dishes. Right. And yeah. Christopher said, I told her, and he even showed text messages. I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, if anybody's going to make a move on somebody, you'll have to make it on me because I'm not going to make one on you. Oh, well, putting it out there. Right. That's throwing down the gauntlet. Exactly. Maybe it's a little hopeful. Right. Just saying. <laughs> Read something into that one. Yeah. And he said, I'm just... I'm just your typical pagan obsessed guy with a nasty house. That's right. all I am. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a cool dude <laughs> in a loose mood. Okay. <laughs> he did, however, say... That the night that Lee disappeared, they were playing video games, and she leaned over and started kissing him. And he said, now, she kissed me, and I will admit, I kissed her back. Oh, my gosh. Because, you know. Where is this going? Well, I'll tell you. What are these blondies supposed to be? Blonde? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I forgot. Bingo. Just as I was saying that, I heard myself, and then I was like, pull it back, pull it back. I believe I have a cake tester on the counter. Or if not, it's in the drawer. All right. It's got a little yellow handle on it. I know what it looks like. I got one, too. Okay. I'm going to move on with my murder. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, with this information in mind, and thinking about the the missing sheets on Christopher's bed, and the knife situation, the investigator kind of turns up the heat and says, Dude, Dude. what happened? And he's like, Nothing. It's good. And then... Christopher, he cracks. He's like, okay, all right, I admit it. I got rid of the sheets when Lee's mom called me because I knew we had had sex. Oh. And there was DNA from both of us on the sheets, and I thought. And, and, his, and her mom might notice? If the police came uh -huh. looking, they would think something had happened when it really it was just having sex. So okay, a couple here's things. the thing, big news alert. If you're just having sex and it's all on the up and up and there's nothing to hide, no need to get rid of the sheets. All right. I'm just going to say right now, though, was he sleeping on the sheets? I don't Like, know. all that time, was he sleeping on the sheets? Because that's nasty. Like, after you have your thing, I don't think we should clean your stuff up. I agree, but... Jesus. I'm going down a really dark path right now. Oh my God. I'm just saying cleanliness matters. Cleanliness is close to godliness. Yeah. So the investigator.
turns up the heat a little bit more on his questioning and asks Christopher, where's Lee's body? Oh, gosh. And Christopher says, I maintain my innocence. I've done nothing wrong. But if you're accusing me of doing something to Lee, I'm going to need a lawyer. Oh, man, he lawyered up. Lawyered up. So they, have, they got to let him go. Got to oh. let him go because they don't have anything, any evidence to keep him. Oh, good. You found your food. Yes, Trout. He was hungry this whole time. Mm. All right. So next they're going to call in um, Christopher's roommate. He had a roommate. Okay. Right? His name was Jesse. Different mm. Jesse. This is Jesse Williams. I'm going to call him. Jesse, too. I'm going to call him Williams. Okay. So Williams was at home, was not at home the whole night, but was at home on the night that Lee disappeared. He says that he came home from being out. And that Christopher had tied, had put a tie on his bedroom door, which was the signal for, I got a girl in here. Okay. So cheesy. It is. William said that he thought it was a lie. Because he said, in all the time that I've been with Christopher, that we've been roommates, I've never seen him with a girl. Never. He ain't never put a tie on the doorknob. Yeah. And he said, I, I never heard a girl. I Ugh. never saw a girl in the apartment that night. But I will tell you something kind of weird that happened was I was sleeping on the sofa in the living room and about three o'clock in the morning, Christopher carried something out of the apartment. I don't know what it was. Oh, well, the sheets. Right. So Christopher um, told Jesse that he had, he was just transferring something he had in his old car into his new car. And then he went back to, to his room and closed the door. He was transferring something from his old car to his new car that he had to take out of the apartment? Yeah. I guess he had an old car and he put the stuff from that car in his bedroom and oh. then he bought a new car and he was and putting... At 3 o'clock seemed like the perfect three, time Three. I was like, oh my God, I just woke up and I've got this girl I in my just bed. Can't go, I can't get I back to sleep until I get this done. have to get that done. Yes, because I'm sure you want to keep things tidy in your super clean apartment. Anywho... The investigators get a search warrant for Christopher's apartment. Oh, you think? Right? Um, poor and poor people that have to search that place with oh all God. the nastiness. I know. But they've seen it. The nastiness is going to pay off for them. Oh, look yeah. At that. They use the luminol spray and they find blood all over the bathroom sink and all over the bathtub. Oh. They also find a t shirt. In Christopher's room that has a blood stain on the sleeve. Then, on the floor of the apartment, they find a receipt from the 7-Eleven. What did he get from the 7-Eleven? I'll tell you what he got. Coffee, because they've got good coffee. They do have good coffee. I love their coffee. Yeah, but no. He got bleach oh. and gloves. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mayhaps around 3 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> so, guess what, what 7-Eleven also has? A surveillance camera. Yes. Yay. Oh, thank heaven for 7-Eleven. In so many ways. Yes. Yeah, so yes. At 1 o'clock in the morning is when Christopher went to the 7-Eleven, and he is seen buying the bleach and the gloves the night that Lee disappeared. So now they're going to put detectives on Christopher 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're like, we got to figure out what this dude's up to. As investigators are kind of doing their thing, Max is getting super impatient and he's like, this is driving me nuts. We got to, you know, this guy did it. He's the one that killed my sister. We we got to figure out where she is. Like, yeah. I got to figure this out. So he starts kind of befriending Christopher on text. Like, okay. 
dude, I know you're going through a lot. I'm sorry. I know they're pointing the finger at you. I think you're innocent. And Christopher is like, yeah, thanks. And Mm -mm. And Max is like, well, I'm going to tell people to stop pointing the finger at you. Try to release some pressure. Maybe we could meet up and you could just talk to me about what happened that night. And Christopher says, oh, I can do better than that. I can help you maybe even find her. I'll do a tarot reading for you. That I'll is bring so my, nice of I'll him. bring this my tarot giving, cards. This is giving tarot card readings a really bad name. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm just going to say I think this guy is a Looney Tune, Fruit Loop, Apple Jack, cray cray. Right. I think that the tarot cards are just being misused by him. <laughs> and I don't think that tarot cards are always misused by the people that use them. Right. Just right, putting right. it out there as a PSA. Right. Okay. Okay. So Christopher says, I'll bring my tarot cards. I'll do a reading and we'll see if we can find, figure out where she is. Max is like, Great. Let's meet at this park. There's a gazebo there. Let's meet there. So Max is very smart about this because he brings a friend. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, I don't see me going and hanging out with this psycho alone. He brings a friend and he brings his phone because he's thinking, I'm going to record this conversation because I'm going to get this jerk to confess. So they, Max and his friend Eric, meet up with Christopher at the gazebo and Max sets the stage. He brings some of Lee's personal items. And then Christopher is totally convinced that the reason they're there is for this tarot card reading. And they're, you know, he's oh like, I've God. totally, totally got this. He's not a bright boy. No. So Christopher starts laying out the cards and he says that he doesn't see any intentional harm oh, toward Lee. Not intentional. It's nothing. Whatever happened to her was not Completely intentional. Completely an accident. Right. And Max loses it. And he's like, dude, what'd you do to my sister? Where's my sister? Aww. You killed my sister. And Christopher's like, I don't know where she is. I, I didn't do it. Let's and ask Max, the tarot cards. Max is like, you did it. Where is my sister? And like back and forth, like 20 times, back and forth, back and forth. You did it. No, I didn't. You did it. No, I didn't. And then Christopher points to one of the cards, the tarot cards about death oh. and judgment. And he says that he knows what happened to Lee. He tells Max that he killed Lee, but that it was in self-defense. He's like, dude. Oh, yeah, because she's teeny tiny and weighs 99 pounds. She's, right, 98 pounds. Oh, sorry, I've just added weight to the girl. Yeah, it's not nice. So he said that they had gone, the night that she disappeared, they had gone to the Boston Market, and he'd gotten her dinner, mm -hmm. you know, because that's a fancy date. And then they went back to his apartment, and they had sex, and then she grabbed the knife and threatened him with the knife and said, I'm going to kill you if you don't give me drugs or money to get drugs. I'm going to kill you. 98 pounds of I'm going to kill you. Christopher was not like a big bulky guy, but he was a like a tall, normal guy that could... And he also had been taking some jujitsu. Jujitsu. I was say ginseng. No. <laughs> he was classes. taking some supplements. He'd been in the army before. So I have no doubt that he could have figured out how to get the knife from her. You think? But what he did was he grabbed her and he squeezed her. He squeezed? Around her neck. Oh, I just happened to land my hands right there around your but, teeny tiny little neck. But what he wanted to do was just render her unconscious. He's like, I knew if I could get her to pass out, she'd drop the knife, 
her muscles would relax. I could get the knife away from her. And then I could, and then ask the tarot cards what to do next. And then and then as I would release her, she would come, come back and to, be like conscious. Sleeping Beauty. And it would be everything. Everything would be, good. Would be fine. Problem was, she didn't wake up. Oh, she it's didn't. totally her fault. Totally, but I mean, but that was my intent, and she was going to kill me, and I had to defend my myself. Mm-hmm. Max just loses it; he's furious. And yeah, Christopher I don't know said how his hands didn't land around I that know. guy's neck. And Christopher said. Oh, really? I, my plan is that I'm going to go to the police and turn myself in tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. And Max is like, you think I'm going to let you leave here? And he used some very naughty words. He did? Yeah. Oh, little Max. Good for you. <laughs> he was super mad. He was like, uh, no. And he just Oh, my at, gosh. Your dog has lost it. He's also very mad about this whole... He thinks this guy is dumb. And dumb. he's really upset about he how he has misused and misrepresented yes. tarot cards. Yes. Eric jumps up and he grabs Christopher and punches him in the face. I mean, Max. Max yes. jumps up. Eric? Punches Christopher in the face. The friend Eric... Oh, Runs right. over and pulls Max off, off Christopher. Of Christopher. Right. And he said, and they interviewed Eric, and he was like, yeah, I wanted him to get one good punch in before I pulled him off. But oh. I wasn't going to pull him off before he got at least one good punch in. Good for him. So, and and Max had been recording the whole conversation. Good. What Max didn't know was that Christopher was under surveillance 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right? Yeah. So he goes to call 911 and puts the phone up to Christopher's mouth and said, tell him what you did. Oh. And Christopher says, I'd like to confess to a murder. And about that time, the police come out of the bushes. Hello. Hello. Surprise. Look Not your birthday. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and they arrest Christopher. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. The DA was like, I've never, never seen anything like this. A family member that goes to interrogate, questions, gets yes. a confession, yeah. records it. At the yeah. same time, the police are investigating. And, and they're right there on the scene. Right. Yeah. So, remember how I talked about in the beginning about how to get away with murder. Yes. This is when things are going to get a little tricky. Oh, what? Yeah. So. No, 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 no. Christopher Wade had been taking a criminology class. And his professor remembers he did really well. He described him as gifted but awkward. <laughs> as a matter of fact, he said it, there were several attempts. He couldn't even get a full sentence out when there was a girl around. Like, he was awkward. Oh, my Super gosh. awkward. Right. But he also says that he wanted to be an investigator, and he wanted to learn how to find evidence in a crime scene. And he also wanted to learn how to hide evidence for a crime scene. When questioned with his attorney, Christopher thinks he's so smart because yeah. he's like, oh, I'm very familiar with how this is going to go down. Yeah, I'm, right? a, I'm a practicing cop, right. just not an official one. And he's already screwed up because he tried to clean the blood up with bleach. Hello, did they not teach you in, in criminology that it's not going to go away? I personally think there are just some things in criminology that they shouldn't teach. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. So maybe that's one of the things that they withheld. Right. So Christopher tells the investigators that the night Lee died, he goes through the whole scenario of I squeezed her I around squeezed the neck, um, thinking she would regain consciousness. When she didn't and knew she was dead, I reclothed her. I put her clothes back on for her. Oh, because, oh, yeah. And yeah. I, mm -mm. I put, now I'm painting the picture. I, pla I placed her on my bed. 
and I grabbed a duffel bag from my closet and stuck that 98 pound Lee into the bag. Then I covered her body with trash bags and then I picked her up and I took her to the dumpster outside my apartment and threw her away. Oh, Lee. Yeah. Oh, no. So here's the thing. Oh, in Colorado, you have to have a body in order to be charged, in order to charge someone with first degree murder. Okay? A fact that Christopher learned in his criminology class. Mother. So the police go out and they start searching the landfill where the trash from the dumpster was taken. 19 days. Can you imagine? 19 days into the search, they find a pillowcase. In the pillowcase was Lee's wallet, cell phone, and the clothes that she had been wearing that night. Trout. Trout. I know. You're going to end up sad. in the dumpster. Come, come up here, Bubba. It's, I know, baby. It's really sad. I'm so sorry. It's sad. I know. Yes. So after 40 days of searching, there was no sign of her body. They still couldn't find the body. Yeah. So the prosecutor says, okay. I am going to strike a plea deal. I'm going to offer second-degree murder in return for the location of Lee's body. Because they, they thought, this dude, there's no way that body's out there. We found the pillowcase. Yeah, we found the pillowcase, so that, you know general, that, that got thrown away. Right. So, right. yeah. Um, and they lived in a part of Colorado. It's very mountainous. There's, there's gorges around. It'd be very easy to get rid of a Just body that it. way. Just... But tell us where she is. Her family needs that. They yeah. want her back. Christopher's like, I'll take the deal. I'll take the deal. Good. So he goes in. They sign all of the paperwork. He sits down with investigators. And he tells them the exact same story. I put her in a duffel bag. I covered her with trash bags. I put her in the dumpster. He doesn't change his story. But because they've already signed all of the paperwork and there's no evidence that he's lying, they can't take the deal back. I am, I'm about to, I'm, I don't know, I'm about to come unglued. I know. I'm about to take a hit of rum. I know. So here are some things that come out um, about creepy Christopher. Yuck. During the investigation. During the investigation, creepy Christopher's mother told investigators that he once told her that he fantasized about kidnapping a girl. In high school, creepy Christopher kept a journal where he talked about kidnapping and killing a girl and putting her body in a wood chipper to get rid of the evidence. <gasps> Creepy Christopher was discharged from the army because they thought that he was going to harm a woman. What the freaking hell? Yeah, I mean, this what guy the hell? is a ticking time bomb. You've let him into, back into society. So many missed opportunities, I right? Mean, it's our mental health system we have to have a way there has to, to be to get these people before they strike how can you They're, be discharged from the military with somebody reporting somewhere that I, he is a threat to women and not be taken into custody I, I don't know there has to be there has to be some kind of something that happens between we're kicking you out of the military because you're crazy and walking back on the streets and not only that but I'm a mama. I know. And I'm a mama of a son. Yes. And I love him and would go to the ends of the earth for him. But if he disclosed to me at any age. Right. That he had a fantasy about kidnapping a girl. Right. 
or that I found out he had journals about kidnapping a girl and putting her in a wood chipper. Right. I would at least, at the very least, I would go to the police and I would go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist to say, there is evidence here that my son is quite disturbed. Right. And I want to make sure that somebody has this flagged because he is not well and he should not be just on the street doing whatever the freaking hell he wants to. Exactly. And that I would do not only the, for, for the protection of some woman, but for the protection of my son yes. to get him help yes. or to get him off the street so he doesn't kill a person. Exactly. Because I don't want my son to kill a person. No. I don't want him to be that guy. No. And I don't want him to go to jail forever. And I would rather him be in a psychiatric hospital than to, to than for me to have to live that on my conscience. Right. So my son, if you are listening... If you tell me, you can tell me anything, but I am going to act on it if I think it is for your best interest and the best interest of society. Yes. That's yes. my job as a citizen and as a grown-ass woman. I don't know. I, agreed. I mean, What I, is his mama's name and where is what is her phone number? I'm going to write it down right now. Well, his last name is Wade. I'm coming for her. And that's W-A-I-D-E, Wade. That's the stupidest way. I don't even know who spells her name like that, so I don't think that's true. <laughs> and she lives in... Acapacas Pisa? <laughs> yes, Colorado. Acapacas Pisa? Yes, so you'll, <laughs> you can Google her. You can Google her and see. I'm going to say... But I think it might be too late to have a conversation with her because her child, was creepy Christopher, was sentenced to 50 oh, no. years in prison. It is never too late to have a conversation. <laughs> Unless she is dead, it is not too late. Right. No. I don't um, want to have a conversation with Creepy Christopher. He, he's done his thing. Right. I need to go have a conversation with this woman. Right. I'm going to be her Facebook friend first. There you go. How do you spell that that town? Kakapapa? Yes. I'm scared <laughs> to give you the information no, no, because I'm you're writing it up. down. I'm writing it down. I'm going to see this woman. It was. Because I go to Denver. <laughs> Yes, you do. You really, really do. Yeah, I'm going to Denver. Your kids are going to be like, why are we going We're going to... on a field trip, people. <laughs> it's another one of those life lessons that mama's going to teach you and you're never going to forget. Yeah. So now I don't think that's going to work out. I'm going to so. need the spelling of this town. I'll give it to you after this episode. Okay. Code Stay epoxy. tuned, people. Code epoxy. Code epoxy. So let's... Let's try some of the um, yes, they smell the delicious, blondies. and they happen to be a beautiful blonde color. Fantastic! I know. See if we can't calm you down a little I'm bit. I'm so pissed off at Christopher Wade's mom. I know. So he's eligible for parole in 2062. Oh, no, he isn't. No. I mean, no, 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 not no, 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 not eligible for parole. He gets out in 2062 because he was only sentenced to 50 years. 50 years. So, so wait a minute. That actually means he's going to be, he will be up for parole before then. That's what my thought, that's what my thought is, but they did not give oh, me that. I'll do some research and find out when that MFR is coming out too. Yeah. Well, hopefully her family continues to go in and speak about this heinous crime. Yes, heinous. That happened to, to her. But um, mental health is a real thing. we got to talk to our kids about it. And we, we have to make our kids grow up in an environment where they feel safe enough to tell us these things. And as parents, we have to act. We can't just say, oh, that's just my boy's just being a boy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No, there's no that's such what, thing as a boy being a boy anymore. And that could be. That. That's very antiquated thinking. And it could be a cry for help. It could be, hey, I'm yes. having these thoughts and I'm. 
I think they might not be okay. Yeah. And as a parent, you should say, they're not okay. They're not okay. And we're going to get you some help. Right. That's exactly right. In our opinion. That's our opinion. That is my unprofessional, unsolicited opinion, but it's a good one. It's a really good one. I have to agree. I have to agree. Okay. So are they sticking to the pan at all? No. Well, the parchment paper worked no. out well. I love that. All right. Well, I see that you're eating one. No, no, I just had a little crumb. I wondered if I could have a taste. Yes, I'm going to give you a taste. Thank you so much. And Let's I'm see, how did I taste. do? Oh, nice, gooey. All right. Oh, my gosh, they're so good. Oh. The butterscotch, it's making me They're amazing. Dream. Well, hopefully it'll mm. warm up and we won't freeze to death in our 50-degree weather in Charleston. Mm-hmm. And I hope oh, that every... Up. You nailed it. I did. Nailed it. Sorry. Hate, hate to toot my own horn, but... Toot, toot. These are good. Yes, I'd rather you toot your horn than toot your butt. Okay, let's not talk about that. Oh, that's gross. Okay, well, since we're off to a whole other ride, we're going to cut this off. And y'all stay sweet. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.